crazy. After last weekend, I just thought about taking the weekend off, but I'm back again. Amen. We just had an incredible, if you missed last week, man, it was just an unbelievable time in God's presence. I read a story uh, just this past week uh, that was just very interesting. Um, it was a Dear Abby column. It was several years back uh, when it was written. A, a man complained about how much money he was expected to give to the church. And in response, a reader sent in the following comments by baseball manager Leo DeRocher, who wrote this at age 81. At age 81. Listen to what Leo wrote. On June 2nd, 1940, a little girl was born to us. She cost us money from the moment she was born. As she grew from babyhood, she cost even more. Her dresses and shoes were more expensive, and we had to have the doctor through all those childhood diseases. She was even more expensive during her school and teen years. She needed long dresses to go to parties. When she went to college, we discovered, along with other parents, that all the college expenses are not listed in the catalog. And that's true. And then after graduation, she fell in love and married. She was married in a church wedding, and that, too, costs a lot of money. Then five months after her marriage, she suddenly sickened. And then within a week, she was dead. She hasn't cost us a penny since the day we walked away from the grave. The person who responded with this article was driving home a very powerful point to the complaining man. And the point is this, only a dead church, like a dead child, is no longer expensive you see, dead churches don't have growing problems. Dead churches don't have parking lot issues. Dead churches don't have to worry about their lobbies being full and their kids' areas being full. You see, dead churches don't experience those kinds of issues. And I tell you the truth, I thank the Lord that we're a part of an alive church. Come on, where lives are being changed and where people are being snatched out of hell every single weekend and experiencing God's grace and God's mercy and God's love. I'll take it any day of the week. I'll take an alive church over a dead church anytime. And I thank God we have an alive church here at People's Church. And what I want to do for the next few moments is I want to give you three characteristics of an alive church. Three characteristics of an alive church. If you want to know what an alive church looks like, here's what it should look like. Number one is this. Alive churches' dreams are more powerful than their memories. Alive churches' dreams are more powerful than their memories. And this famous portion of scripture, I, I love it. Proverbs 29 and verse 18 reads, where there is no vision, count on this, the people perish. And friends, dead churches don't have any vision because their memories are more powerful than their dreams. You see, the first sign of a dying church is when they talk about the past more than they talk about the future. You see... Churches that are dying, here's their three words they constantly, constantly use. I remember when. I remember when back in 1952, God was moving. I remember when our church used to be growing. 
I, I remember when people were giving their heart and life to Jesus Christ and being changed by his power. I remember when. And friends, an alive church is a church that's full of vision because the Bible clearly says when a church has no vision, it's a dead church. It will perish. It will be ineffective. It will not be on the front line seeing life changed by the power of Jesus Christ. And I thank the Lord. I, I'm very humbled that people's church is an alive church. Where our, and understand something. We have a wonderful past. God has done wonderful thing in the, things in the last five and a half years, but yet our dreams are more powerful than our past. We are full of vision in this place. There is a second character. Well, before I give you the second characteristic, let me share this scripture with you. I think you'll find it very powerful. Philippians chapter 3. Uh, the Apostle Paul penned these words to the church of Philippi as he was inspired by the Holy Spirit. He said this, brothers... I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. In other words, Paul says, I haven't arrived yet. I just think, wow, Paul, after the, how the Lord's used you, the wonderful things that God has done through your life, you're still riding to the church and you've said, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I haven't arrived yet. I feel just like that here at People's Church. God has done some wonderful things in the last five and a half years, but we're not there yet. We haven't taken a hold of it yet. And Paul goes on to say, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. And sometimes that can be very difficult because some of our past, there have been some very tragic, horrible moments. And if we're not careful, the tragedy of the past can distract us from our future. And, and some of us, it's because of a wonderful past. Things have been wonderful and we've allowed the wonderful past to paralyze our future. And Paul says, listen, I haven't arrived. So one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining. Everybody shout straining. I love that. He says straining, pressing, moving toward what is ahead. I press on. Toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Can I tell you, Paul was a man whose dreams were more powerful than his past. And this church is going to be just like the Apostle Paul. God, keep moving. God, keep pouring out your spirit. God, keep changing lives. But Lord, our past, our dreams are going to be more powerful than our past. We're excited about the future. Point number two, there is a second characteristic of an alive church. Number two. Alive churches focus more on reaching than keeping. Reaching than keeping. Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 11, the scripture records when the Pharisees saw this. They saw Jesus hanging out with sinners. They asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus' response was on hearing this, he said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And dead churches spend all their time trying to keep healthy people happy. I've had an opportunity to travel across America and speak in a lot of churches before we started this, this church. And, and I got to witness this with my own eyes. Churches that are just trying to keep healthy people happy. And they just ask questions like, are you happy with everything about the church? Is the music okay for you? Do, do you are you okay? Are you happy? Good. Do, do you like the preaching? Is everything okay? Do, are you happy? 
Good, we'll make sure the healthy people are happy. Do you like the color of the carpet? If you don't like the carpet, we'll change it for you. Are you happy? Everything good? Good, we want our healthy people happy. And they're so focused on keeping healthy people happy, they've taken their eyes off a world that is sick and dying and stepping into a Christless eternity where the Scripture clearly says people who don't know the Lord will spend eternity in a place called hell. Called hell. They've forgotten about the sick people who need a doctor. And Jesus sums it up so well in Luke chapter 15 and verse number 3. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep, loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. I understand what Jesus is driving home. Jesus is not saying I'm not concerned about those who already have found me. Jesus is very concerned and he wants us to grow spiritually. He wants us to know God better. He wants us to to serve the Lord with a a fervent heart. But listen, the scripture simply says that God is rejoicing over those who already know him. He's rejoicing over the 99, but the scripture says there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. And alive churches, they remember, they stay focused. They remember that there's still one lost sheep who still needs the Lord. You see, uh, 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 an alive church, they're, they're more focused on reaching than keeping. Yes, we want healthy people to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ, but we want to never turn our eyes off the harvest field. I have a very deep concern. Conviction. I believe that spouse that you think will never get saved, I believe God wants to save them and will save them. I believe that. I, I, I really believe that that lost child that, that you've been praying for and they've wandered away from God. They're not, they're not serving the Lord. I believe that the Lord wants them to come back home and I believe he's going to draw them back home. I'm talking about that neighbor that they're lost without God and you think there's no hope for my neighbor. I look at my co-worker and they're lost without God. They're an atheist. I believe the Lord loves them and he wants to reach them with the good news of Jesus Christ and we're not going to turn our eyes on us four and no more. We're going to look out and reach out to this city and reach people who are lost and far away from God. We're not going to just be interested in keeping, but we're going to be very interested in reaching people. You see, the reason we lost crazy is not just for you and I. We're not building a brand new facility just for us. We're building this facility for people who are not even here yet, who are not even serving God yet, who are strung out on drugs today, who are in all kinds of addictions today. We're doing it to reach them with the good news of Jesus Christ. There, there, there's a third characteristic of an alive church. See, a live church's dreams are more powerful than their memories. In a live church, they're more interested in reaching than keeping. Number three, alive churches grow. Alive churches grow. Unfortunately, most churches in America are plateaued or declining. And as a pastor, it, it breaks my heart it really does because I'm not just about people's church. I'm about the kingdom of God being advanced. And it breaks my heart that so many churches in America are dying a slow death. Some of them don't even know it. It's, it's kind of like the, the patient who has cancer and they didn't even know it. And they went a year with cancer in their body. And by the time they showed up at the doctor, 
it's already spread all throughout their body and there's terminal cancer and they've been given 30 days to live and they had no clue. And a lot of churches are having services, doing their thing week after week, and yet they're dying. They're, they're not growing. They're not seeing people give their heart to Christ. They're not seeing lives changed by the power of Jesus Christ. And it breaks my heart. Friends, alive churches grow. Alive churches reach new people. Alive churches constantly, they constantly see lives changed by the power of Jesus Christ. And the most alive church in history is the early church. That's recorded in the book of Acts. They were growing like crazy. They were seeing lives changed like crazy. Let's just look at this alive church in Acts chapter 2 at the very conception of the church. In Acts 2 and verse number 41, the scripture says, Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000, everybody say 3,000. About 3,000 were added to their number that day. 3,000 people were added to the church in one day. Oh, we haven't seen anything yet, church. I mean, if that could happen in the book of Acts, it could happen today. Oh, I'm crazy. I can't wait for the day that 3,000 people give their heart to the Lord and they're added to the church in one day. Oh, get ready. It'll go rock your world. You might lose your seat on Sunday. Amen. Oh, glory. Six verses later, just six verses later, Acts 2 and verse number 47, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people and the Lord added to their number daily. Everybody say daily. I'm not talking about weekly. I'm not talking about monthly, every other month. I'm not talking about every six months, every year or once every other year. No, every single day. The Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This church was a growing church that was seeing lives change. Acts chapter 4 and verse number 4. But many who heard the message believed and the men grew to about 5,000. I mean, this church was growing like crazy. Acts 5 and verse 14. Nevertheless, more and more. Notice the scripture does not say less and less. More and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. And I could read more and more, I mean just numerous scriptures all through Acts of how this church was growing and changing lives. But let me just share one more with you for time's sake. Acts chapter 6 and verse number 1. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, they were growing like crazy. The Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews. Because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. They were growing so crazy they were facing challenges and problems. Let me say something to you. There is no such thing as a perfect church. Every church has, has problems. And the great thing about a growing church is growing churches have, have great problems. You see, the early church was growing so quickly and and people's churches experiencing similar things as the early church. They were growing so quickly. They were facing challenges like, how are we going to take care of all these people? <laughs> they're, they're coming, and, and what are we going to do to, to take care of them and meet their needs and see them grow spiritually and see them get healthy? You see, when you are growing like crazy, like the early church, you deal with problems like, we no longer know everybody's name. <laughs> Lord, help us. When you're growing like crazy, you have issues like, we're running out of parking lot and the pastor's harping on us about parking in gravel. 
When you're growing like crazy, you are out of lobby space and you run out of kid space because you're growing like crazy. When you're, when you're growing like crazy, you, you have all types of issues. You're in four services and, and you're still running out of room because you're trying to reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Friends, a, an axe church, a, a growing, a, 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 an alive church is a growing church that's changing lives and they're full of great, great problems. And one thing about this church is we've prayed and we're strategically trying to tackle some of these great problems that we're having because we want to reach more people who are far from God and allow them to experience God's grace and mercy and His love and life-changing power. And so, therefore, we've launched the Crazy Campaign. And we're going to expand this 17,000-square-foot facility and we're going to add 42,000 square feet to reach more people who are far from God and to see them connected to God. And they connected others. And I'm pumped about it. Let's just quickly show you how we're going to solve this problem with this new facility. Uh, if you go ahead and show that tour there, you can see the, the door here. There's an entrance in the new facility, that 42,000 square foot. And all this is existing auditorium is going to be turned into kids and youth space. And here's the current lobby area. We're going to turn it into youth, uh, youth and kids. And you can see a check-in screen where parents are going to check in on computers, check their kids in also on this wall. They're going to check their kids in here. And be a great lobby area to fellowship and things of that nature. Kids' rooms there and kids' room down that hall there. And this is the existing office space. We're going to turn into a three-year three-year-old classroom, and you can see it going to take place there. And now we're coming to the new construction. All this back here is four to two thousand square foot of new construction. This is going to be a major major entrance here. You can see doors going into the lobby. This lobby is about as big as the as big as this auditorium is right now. It's going to be a great place to fellowship, connect. You can see the doors into the auditorium here. Uh, entrances here and more entrances on this side so we can accommodate all that the Lord wants to do. And so we're just excited about this super expansion uh, to reach more people who are far from God. And one of the things I'm, I'm really pumped up about, is, as I just mentioned, is I'm excited about all the parking spaces. <laughs> if there's one thing, you say, preacher, what would you have done different when you built this facility? I'd have added more parking from day one. But uh, we have 168 parking spaces right now. And in the new facility, we're going to have 12 to 1,300 parking spaces. Uh, we just don't want to detour anybody from coming and connecting with God and experiencing life-changing power of Jesus Christ. So we are pumped up about this new facility. One of our challenges that we're having is in our lobby area. And you can see our current lobby right here. And in our current lobby, uh, yeah, we just packed and after services. And, you know, we say, well, let's get a cup of coffee and let's talk about Jesus. Where? My Lord, we're going to get right over talking about Talk about Jesus where? I mean, where are we going to talk about Jesus at, first of all? Um, so we, we want to fix this problem. This is a real concern of ours because uh, we really believe that people need to give their heart to God and be able to connect. People come in this place, even after that, this, the, 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 the 945 service, somebody came to me hurting, a, a family. They're hurting and needed somebody to talk to and be ministered to. And we just want to create some avenues where we can throw some couches out here and people, there can be ministry going on and relationships being built. And now we're going to have this brand new, brand new area, almost as large as the auditorium here. We're going to have our existing uh, lobby here to connect in. Parents can connect. And we're going to also have this gathering lobby area. Of course, tons more hallway space and bathrooms and things of that nature, but tons more lobby area to see people connecting in their relationship with the Lord and with other believers. And also our kids' area. Uh, they're getting just matched out and packed out in our kids' area. You can see our current kids' area uh, right here. I believe you'll get to see our current kid. Oh, there it goes. Praise the Lord. Yeah, there it goes. Our PC Adventures uh, room and kids are worse. Many of you don't get to see this, but we have 25% of our attendance as kids. 
coming and learning and learning about Christ and packing up the classrooms, learning about Jesus. And, and I'm really excited about uh, being able to expand and have more kids' space here. And we're going to turn in, of course, this existing auditorium into three different kids' rooms. Our four-year-old to, pre, uh, to, to first grade will be in these two rooms. And then we're going to have uh, second through fifth grade in this room. And also on Wednesday nights, our, our youth service will be here. And we're going to leave all of our multimedia and things of that nature uh, for this generation. And in these rooms here are going to be our zero to two-year-old uh, classrooms. There's going to be a, a family room for babies that are fussy and then a nursing uh, room for mo mothers to nurse their babies in. And, and also the three-year-old classroom here in the existing office space, just tons more room to reach more kids with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and many of you may not be aware of this, but seven out of eight kids that grow up in church, seven out of eight by the age of 22 will no longer be attending church. It's a crazy statistic that's just blown my mind. Seven out of eight kids. And I have my theory of why I kind of told them Friday night why I believe this is the case. And I have my own theories. And I, you know, I grew up in a church where, and, and we woke Oklahoma, they had nothing for the kids on we had to go to the adult service, and my mama had the pension ministry. Anybody had a mama like that? You better hush up. You better hush up and listen to that preacher. Mommy, I don't understand what he's saying. Thou shalt uh, not this to kill us this. What in the, I don't know what he's saying. I don't listen to that. And, and my, 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 boy, you better, I'm going to take you home and wear you. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, this is coming out of church. I don't know. Ah, got church. I mean, and we wanted to create environments. It's very important that our kids are learning at a level that they can learn and have fun. I encourage you, don't bring your kids in here. I'm going to bore Jesus out of them in here. They don't get this. They don't connect at this level in this adult talk. They need to be in a place where they can connect and grow in their relationship with Christ. And so we're excited to be able to teach kids and teach teenagers at their level where they can connect with God and grow in their relationship with God. And, of course, in our current auditorium, getting 70 to 80% full in our services. And of course, we have four services to accommodate the, the blessing of uh, of the Lord, uh, but we want to be able to accommodate the crowds at an optimal time. And so this, this new auditorium is just going to be able to, going to be a great facility to reach more people. And we're going to go from having around 600 seats to having 1,800 seats uh, to reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. And I'm excited to reach a lot more people who are far away from the Lord. And I want you to know as your pastor that Tiffany and I, we are committed to this spiritual journey with you. And we're, we're praying and, and we're seeking the Lord. And if you've been here very long, you know this about us. But if you haven't been here long, I want you to know our hearts. Tiffany and I, we believe in leading by example. Uh, we believe in leading by example in every area of our life with our relationship and living a life of integrity in our prayer and seeking the Lord. And we, we just believe in, in living lives that are, that are role models and that, that are leading by example. And in the same way, when it comes to a campaign like this, we believe in leading by Example, especially as we see David's example in First Chronicles chapter 29, as they were preparing to build the temple for the Lord, David led uh, the people by example. And so Tiffany and I have been praying. Of course, we've been praying longer than you have because we we knew this was coming for for several months. We we knew this was coming, and this season of ministry was coming for our church to expand. And we've been praying. And and Tiffany and I, we we've always been tithers. We've always returned 10% uh, to the Lord. And uh, not not because we pastor before we started this church. When we lived in Springfield, we've always been tithers and gave to the Lord's work and honored the Lord in that. And somebody says, Pastor, do you tithe off the gross or off the net? Well, we tithe off the gross. We believe in tithing off the gross. We, we believe we cannot give the Lord, and we want a gross blessing, not a net blessing. And, and Tiffany and I, we've always given above our tithe offerings, and we support missionaries, and we believe in advancing God's kingdom around the world. And so we, 
We've always given to missions. And, and so we, we, what we've been praying is, Lord, we, we, we're tithers and we're going to continue to give our offerings to, to your work. But what do you want us to do over and above your tithe? The tithe belongs to you. We're not going to redirect that to, to this campaign. That, that's yours. And that operates the daily operations of the church. What do you want us to do over and above the tithe? And so we've been praying and we've been seeking the Lord. And it's been a real process. And I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'm a reason person. I'd much rather, I'd much rather give by reason the revelation Reason means what can I afford, and, and I, I find out through times like this, I'm just being honest with you how selfish I am. I get so wrapped up in my kingdom, I forget about his kingdom, and, and I, I've been praying, and my flesh has been dying. I'm just trying to submit to God's will. You know, not my will, but your will be done. God, I want to advance your kingdom. I want to see more lives change. I believe in this church, and, and as we've been praying, the Lord has spoke to Tiffany and I that we're going to give over the next three years t- another 10%, another tithe uh, to the campaign, and for, for us, it's a real stretch for our family. Uh, to give 25 to 30 percent of our income to the to the local church, uh, but we believe in this church. And if you don't think it's a real stretch, you don't know me very well because I got three kids and I got one on the way. Oh Jesus, pour out your spirit in a powerful way, Lord. I got diapers to buy, Lord. I got two in diapers and one on the way. I mean, we got a it's a, it's a stretch of faith. It's a step of faith for us, but, but we're just going to be obedient to God. And and we've been through this journey before, and we've seen God's faithfulness and His His hand to provide and. And we know he'll be faithful to do that. And that's kind of where we started in, in, in that amount. That, and as we continue to pray and, and seek the Lord, God just continued to stretch me. And my wife's a, a, a woman of faith, and I'm the one that God kind of has to work on. And, 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 and revelation is, Lord, what do you want to do through us? Reason is, what can I afford? And revelation says, Lord, what do you want to do through Tiffany, I, T- Tiffany and I over the next three years? And as we continue to pray, we decide to take the, the savings account that we have. And we've always believed in saving. Before we started this church, we've always saved. And and invested well, and the Lord has helped us with that, and we just felt like the Lord speaking to us, and we decided to take two-thirds of our savings account and give it to the crazy campaign uh, to see God's kingdom advance, and that's just what the Lord has spoken to us to do, and some of you say, Pastor, you are stupid to empty out your savings account, but it's just what the Lord's called us to do, and we believe in this church, and God spoke to us, and we know that he'll, he'll be faithful as we're faithful to him, and as we continue to pray and seek the Lord, uh, there's one more thing that the Lord has laid on our heart besides giving 10% more of our income to the Lord's work. And besides emptying out two-thirds of our savings account to, to see this project uh, advanced and reach more people with the good news, uh, the Lord has given me some opportunities to speak out, and I'm able to speak at some conferences around the nation and minister to, to pastors and leaders, and, and I really enjoy uh, sharing what God's done here and equipping other leaders, and it's a passion of mine to pour into other pastors, and, and they, they give me honorariums and offers. I can't believe it sometimes. They, fly, they pay me to fly in to speak, but I, it's a great blessing, and it's kind of like a side job that, that I have to be able to do that. And and we were going to commit every single bit of that over the next three years uh, to this campaign. And it's really my wife and I's uh, joy, and we're excited about this. We're really hoping that uh, at the end of this three years, with those commitments, that we're going to actually exceed the number that God has laid on our heart. It's, it's going to be a real joy to be able to beat that goal uh, that God has laid upon our hearts through, through the outside speaking and things of that nature. So that, that's kind of our journey. And, and I'm asking you as our church family, our regular attenders, those of you that call this home, would you pray? Would, would you go through a a spiritual journey of seeking God and asking him what he wants you to do? Would you just surrender it all to God and say, God, what would you have our family to do? And just go through this spiritual journey and let God deal with your selfishness and pride and asking God, God, what do you want to do through our family to advance your kingdom? Because you know what? It's not about my kingdom. My kingdom will not have an eternal impact, but God's kingdom is going to have eternal impact and eternal rewards. So would you go through the spiritual process of praying and seeking God and allowing God to speak to your heart? Those of you that are guests with us today, uh, you're, you're fairly new to People's Church, 
Well, I sure hope you know my heart today, and I, and I want you to know this. I know some of you are thinking right now, Bertha, we should have stayed at home today. That preacher's up there talking about money today. Lord, I knew, I knew all these churches wanted this money. And listen, that, that's not my heart at all. And uh, I don't want you to give a dime today. Uh, I'm glad you're here. We're just in a crazy season of expansion, and God's doing some great things here. And the only way to accomplish this goal is for me to get in front of our church family and uh, share the vision of what God's doing here. He's doing some incredible things. We've got some great problems. And every time we've come before this church, they've always stepped up, and God's always supplied. And we want to reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, some of you may be here, and you don't know God today, and you're skeptical about church, and this didn't help you today. You're scouting my God at church. Listen, listen, the only reason we're doing this, the only reason my wife and I are sacrificing like we're sacrificing, is to reach more people like you. I want to see people that are hurting, that are lost, that are broken, that are skeptical about the church to come into a safe place where their lives can be transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I hope you hear my heart today. If you're here and you're skeptical and you don't know the Lord today, that you hear the sincerity of my heart. We do this to reach you. We sacrifice and I cast vision that we can reach more people who are far away from Jesus Christ. Nobody's going to manipulate you. Nobody's going to twist your arm. Nobody's going to con you. Matter of fact, if you go to this church and you don't want to give a dime, don't give a dime. God's going to bless it. He always has. And I mean that from the sincerity of my heart. I'm just challenging our regular attenders to pray, to seek God's face, and let God speak to your heart. And I'm excited about the crazy miracles that we're going to experience as we step out in crazy faith and we obey the Lord. Lord Jesus, thanks for this time together. I pray right now for our church family that you would lead us, guide us.